Happy Insecure Finale Sunday, y'all. It's a wrap. And, of course, starting with today is recapping with the one and only J-Hall. So grab something to drink, grab some tissue, because we're going to get into this final episode of Insecure. Thank you all for joining us on this 10-week journey as we recap with the do's and the don'ts. And we are excited to get started. All right, so J-Hall is in the building. Thanks so much for joining us. Let us know how you enjoyed the episode. Let me know if you got the invite, Jay. Yo. Hey, how are you? I don't. I don't know how I'm doing. <laughs> I don't. I ain't gonna lie to you. I don't. I don't, I don't know how I'm doing, Shaw. That is so fair. Happy Sunday. Happy it's Sunday. Finale Sunday. The last recap of the do's and the don'ts. Yeah. Shout out to Jay for this really just being your entire idea. You know, I think I just wanted to have one recap about how the show intersected with black culture and a lot of mental black mental health subjects that we had talked about. And you were like, let's do a live right after the show. And I don't know what we signed up for, but I have been so <laughs> grateful for this journey to recap with you in real time. Uh, and then I, I think the double... Uh, dose of it is that you are also one of my best friends. So working with you, you know, it's amazing. And then you also know my real life. So it's just like, yo, I don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I so, swear, um, I don't know what to do. Let's start off easy though, because something that has always been in the background of the show, and I recently ran across an article from NPR talking about the music of. The scoring yeah. of, around insecure. So let's just start there with something easy as we ease into uh, everything that this week's episode brought. Off top, is there a particular song that resonates uh, with you the most that insecure introduced you to by chance? Ooh. You mean the show in its totality? Any song that like stood out to you or any um sound that stood out to you, anything that stood out to you. Yeah, um Catch a Vibe is a song that I, I got from there. You know I do this dope vibes playlist. Yeah. And, and Issa has been one of my she's been like my cheat sheet for the past like five years. Because you've been doing the, the dope vibes I've been doing dope vibes forever. for about forever. Yeah, I have. Forever. I have. And there really are dope vibes. So let me just really plug that. Not as as a friend, but like <laughs> putting on, and it's like a journey. Like it's so cool. Like you just play in the background, whether you're working or, or partying. So check out Jay Hall for that for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, from the beginning, and actually, she was one of my inspiration when she had Awkward Black Girl because her music was always like, "Yo, what song is this? What song is yeah. this?" It was always that. 
And so, you know, I'm big on having track 17 on my playlist, right? Not like the track that you hear of. Like, I'm really big on that. And so um, Catch a Vibe is one that was a, um, man, I can't remember. I, I got a brain freeze, right? Jasmine Sullivan has a song on one of her soundtracks. Yeah. You know, the Insecure song. Yeah. Insecure. Insecure yeah, the Insecure the song. Um, cigarette. I'm just trying to do, I'm just trying to get a cigarette. That was a song when, we, we talked about that episode last week when Lawrence went to the birthday party with the coworker. And then him and the coworker got up. He got upset because, you know, the coworker had messed around with somebody else in the office. When Lawrence is driving in the car, he's playing the song called Cigarette. And, like, I play that song, like, all the time now. Like, I love that joint. So, um, a lot. And, you know, Raphael Sadiq, I think, is the music director right, um, of, the, of the show. Of course. Second to none. Right. You know, he and so. No we don't. He doesn't get enough love for his. When we we throw out genius a lot, we use musical genius too much. A lot, too much. We, we throw we throw it out. We throw it almost too much out there. We do too much. Not almost. We throw it out too much. Rhapsody <laughs> <laughs> is actually a musical genius. That's what it Yo, looks he like. Is. <laughs> yes. No, he is. He is. And and so yeah. I, and I was paying attention really hard to this tonight's episode because I felt like they were more intentional about the music on this episode Absolutely. than any I, I like insecure everything in insecure has always mattered but i definitely yeah. felt like every song was like a page turn was like was like the interlude that you needed in between you know how when you listen to an album and it's music and the interlude is talking then there's music it was like the opposite of that for me it was like talking music talking music you know every time and every song was significant you know what? I asked you that unprepared off the rip, and you being a music editor, and you know, I oh. should know you be prepared. I don't know why I didn't think you would be prepared. For <laughs> That's my fault. Um, my song, though, is that they introduced me to, I forget what season it was, but it was uh, Baby Rose, I'll Show You. Um, I wanted to show you, and it's just such a emotional breathing type of song where you can just I love that song. It's such a I think what resonates with that song so much it really calls to bravery, right? And I think that's something that we see throughout the season that without throughout the series actually like how brave are you gonna be in love and like what does that look like? Um having the opportunity to show what love looks like and then really showing up when the opportunity is presented to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. For the, uh... Oh, no problem. No problem. No, I, I thought I, I thought that was a good job too about um love and how it's presented. The entire show kind of, you know, we, we talked about that. We, we we you and I have talked about that off camera about how people are so invested in insecure. And it is very hard to have a show that's gonna get the culture's attention, and then you gotta please them. Right, because yeah. I think I told you I even got so angry at people. I was like, "Yo, if I was Issa, I just would have ended it. I just wouldn't have told none of y'all." Like, because you, you can't, you can't please people. It's so you much know? pressure. It's so much pressure. It's and too I think much pressure. pressure. On this last episode, I think people wanted a lot of things in one episode, and you know, it's, it's really impossible to kind of put everything in that one episode. But I do love this thing. Of birthdays, right? Um, I have a, I didn't see a that birthday coming. coming up. You just had a birthday. I did not but see I that coming. 
I didn't see that coming. But I didn't see that so coming. Good. They gave us the clue, though. They gave us the clue. They did. That they were they were going to celebrate birthdays. So for them to do this roundabout of eight, they're keeping the promise, and then also using this birthday to to move the time forward. Um, um, we have done a lot to make sure we get these ten weeks in. We are never in the same place. So I'm. Yo, <laughs> I'm in a hotel uh, uh, fitness room, and they just happen to have a clock here. So this is right. My, my birthday was two weeks ago. Like it's just a lot. It's been a lot. It's been a lot. <laughs> We've been in three different states, yo. It's been a lot. Literally, literally, literally we're yeah. in three different states um, over this ten weeks, and I feel like we've grown so much. So much just has happened in two weeks. Um, but really, with this episode, seeing them use the birthdays as a time selling, but it's also birthdays are inherently as you get older, more reflective. And then they're also the signaling of a, a new beginning and like a, a new uh, opportunity to kind of regroup and, and reset. So I thought that was a really beautiful thread, you know what I'm saying? To bring into this new, uh, this last, last episode. What were your thoughts around that? I thought it gave us a really good timestamp. It took, mm -hmm. I was slow. It took me a second to realize they were doing birthdays, though. I ain't gonna front. <laughs> it was, I was sitting there like, oh, another birthday. Like, I know, like, it took me a second, like, oh, they're doing birthdays. Like, it took, it, it <laughs> took me a second. Um, I thought the birthday thing was good because so many people invest so much in birthdays um, yeah. about their timestamp. There are a lot of times when it comes to birthdays, you remember what you was doing the year before and stuff yeah. like that. And people like to mark their progress in life and where I'm at and things of that nature. And I thought birthday was a good way to kind of show everybody's um, transition. Like we see yeah. that Issa was dating. We see yes. that Lawrence was dating, right? Yeah. And it gave us a good um, reason to kind of come into their life in between to show that their life was still going on. Yes, that's so true. I think that was really good. And, you know, we talked about the dating, but also everybody's careers were being showed too. So we got to see um, Molly in her office. We got to see Kelly begin to talk about her career. Of course, we saw Issa begin to transition and continue to move up. Um, and then we kind of saw this, this thing with Tiffany too, right? So I think of all, we had a lot of happy endings in the last episode, but we still have some tragedy that I think, I don't want to get lost in that. I know we kind of obsessed with what happened. Wait, wait, I'm about to say, wait, wait, wait. You, we got to talk about your boy. First of all, so Team Lawrence won, but I will admit it is not a, it is not, it's not, it's not a win that I'm just like, I'm walking away with the victory kind of like, dang, you know what I'm saying? Um, we, we got, we cannot skip over Nathan. Okay. And, but I, I'm just going to say this, right? I think Nathan's decision was growth on his character. I agree. I think it was the right decision too. And it was a, he didn't even need no time to think about it in that decision. Right. Nathan was like, yo, I can't do this. I'm not going to do this. And then to have the confirmation later on, to be like, I don't got no regrets. Woo, that pierced my soul. You know what I'm saying? Like, so right. um, I think even in that, like, that's why I said, like, I didn't walk away like, yeah, I knew they wasn't right. But I knew they wasn't right, right? We got, But right. we got an opportunity to see how they work. Yeah, I thought that was so good. And I didn't take uh, Nathan's as no regrets as, like, no regrets of walking away, but like no regrets in how I, I tried to love you and be in the situation with you. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I think it probably could have uh, been both ways. But yeah, I think Nathan had done so much work when he saw himself regress, even in that moment, he was like, nah, this is not good because Issa shouldn't have not have 
allowed that situation to to be an opportunity. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Bless you. Um, so yeah, I think I think that was something that we saw Nathan's growth. I think it was the right decision. Um, and oh, my fault. And I also got to say that I was wrong last week. Um, Honey Dub pointed this out to me. I was wrong. Issa did physically walk over there by Nathan, she did. but she did. but it was too late. <laughs> but she. It did. was a I lot. Was of, it was a lot of un. It was a lot of un. Um, it, what you said, like they didn't. She didn't handle what needed to be handled when it needed to be handled. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it 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 allowed it to breed to something. You know the opportunity, but it's also something that you know probably subconsciously or consciously Issa wanted. There was some validation in what Lawrence was saying to her. Like, I, I do love you. She was looking for that validation ever since episode one, season one. You know what I'm saying? And so for her to get that validation even in that moment in front of Nathan was still validating for her. I feel um, it's something that she needed. But RIP to Issa's and Nathan's relationship. I was yeah. For you, <laughs> yeah, we were, we were, but it, in all fairness, we we saw it though. We did. You know, it was we, going we, too smoothly, and then it was like this is not how we saw that there was just something that is not there. And listen, I have yeah. empathy for Nathan because as a guy, sometimes you are that guy that just show up at the wrong time, and it takes a minute as a man to realize that it wasn't about you, mm. and it was nothing you can do. Sometimes you just enter into a woman's life the wrong time and there's nothing you can do about it and you get frustrated because as a guy you've been conditioned told informed or it's been passed down to you that it's all about how much you put in mm. and sometimes my fella that's not the case you know what i mean but there's still something to take from that experience which is what i feel like nathan did absolutely and i think you know him trying to make amends him raising money for her nonprofit, him, you know, still saying, you know, I'm not against you. I think all that closure that came um, in her birthday was really mature. Again, we see we see this level of growth. Um, and then even, you know, he alludes to Issa calling and reaching out. So even Issa putting her pride aside because, you know, season two, Issa might have been like, I'm not going to, you know, put any more effort into this. Uh, but her, like, going to him and, you know, I guess trying to make amends um, it's uh, alluded to, and I think it's growth as well. And even if it doesn't work out, that's still, you know, growth, like being very brave in that space. Yeah, yeah. So I, I you know, RIP to that. And I think none of this, the important thing is, is that no matter if Lawrence was ready or Nathan was ready, it still brought it back to Issa had to be okay. Yeah, and I think that's yeah, the, I, I agree. think that's the important part. And what, what we had to see after that, was Issa get a lot of things together for herself to just to be able to conjure up the ability to do the reach out and do the things and stuff like that. Yeah, and I think, you know, Kaz, who coined the name The Dudes and the Donalds, Kaz, we shout out to him. Kaz. Um, one, one of the things that, you know, I think Issa did really well when she reached out to Lawrence on his birthday was that she didn't really have expectations. Like, she really was brave with her shot. Again, she was, you know, I want to show you, you know what I'm saying? Uh, put that initiative out and not just really kind of wait for it to come back to her. So, really taking responsibility. It's something that you and I talk about, Jay Hall, offline all the time. All the time about 
<laughs> women not waiting around for by osmosis thinking a man is just gonna hit you up and magically know you want to go out magically know you care about them yeah. like all of that um and so her putting herself out there even with someone that she has you know this rapport with was still very very brave of Issa and something we hadn't really seen um you know continuously her do I was I was I was proud of Issa for that. That was actually right. a move I, I I didn't see coming. Um, didn't. It was still it was still rusty because was he was getting very... ready. He was getting ready to be like, "Yo, we can go out." And like, if she hung up the phone, and you know, I'm I'm trying to have sympathy for women because I get the fact that you know it's not something that you all do, and how much you like. I mean, I was at some eleven. Years... Not what some women do. Yeah, not what some women do. Yes, thank you for that correction. I mean, I was eleven years old, and they were throwing me to the wolves. You know what I mean, like. <laughs> It just, but I, I'm starting to have an understanding. A lot of my homegirls, it really does take, they like, yo, they're in their 30s and they're just now shooting their shot. Yeah. And it was like, I was shooting my shot before I had lead in the pencil. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just one of those things. So one of the things Jay Hall says, and we, we talked about online, offline before, is that, you know, women, black women specifically, put so much energy in every aspect of their lives. Like, you know, managing their career, managing their friendships and family and dynamics. And then we want this relationship to just magically appear without the effort. So Jay Hall's like, you know, that we have to put the same amount of energy um, and intentionality that we do in our careers in every aspect of our lives into creating these opportunities for a relationship to flourish. And so and, just think yeah. that um, as a theme, you know, what Molly said, what Tiffany said to her, uh, both were, were really things that you've been seeing ever since I've known you. Because it, it still does not mean you're not the prize. And mm -hmm. I hear a lot of homegirls and people with associates right. at dinner tables be like, because I'm the prize. That does not devalue you as a prize. Right. No more than it devalues myself. Um, and as we see in these traditional hookups or whatever the case may be, it doesn't change the end result. Ooh, that's and that's true. the thing that people got to understand. It doesn't determine that your relationship is about to suck because you're the person that stepped in. Like, that's not what that yeah. means, you know? Um, yeah. And I appreciate, but the thing about with Issa, it wasn't just in her relationships that she wouldn't speak up. It was also in her career. Yeah. She was, and that's the part also I don't want to miss also too, because as much as it was about the romance and we wanted to see her in this relationship, Issa's growth in her career was about her speaking up and saying the things that she, um, that, that she wanted because she was at a dead-end job herself. Yeah. She was just employed. I mean, she was almost in the same position you can say Lawrence was in in season one. She was depressed. She was upset. She was just physically going to a building and receiving a check. That's all it was in that. Um, Brandon says relationships were the last developed of skills in Black women. They were taught to work hard, care for family, etc. I agree. So I mean, we, we say black women aren't socialized to so like what what it takes to create create relationships. Oh, uh, we're not either. I'm talking when I was talking about something, I was talking about the pursuit. Like they may, you know, a lot of black women are conditioned or or you know informed that it's okay to approach. But as far as what you know, shout out to B. Miller and what he's stating, we're not totally conditioned. We're conditioned to provide. And our value is in what we can invest in, but we're not conditioned about caring and vulnerability and nurturing. We were told that that was up to the women to be nurturing, which is far from the truth. So, you know, that's an issue within our community on both genders and played in different ways. 
But, you know, thank you for bringing that up. Um, how'd you feel? I mean, we were about to tackle on it. We might as well get back. We might as well get to it so we can get to it. I'm not going to lie to you. I saw the tragedy coming. Okay. I, thought, I saw the tragedy coming because the moment Molly's mom got sick, yeah. I was like, it's, it's going to happen. Because the reason, and I was watching the wind down afterwards, we totally forget about real life things that happen while we're so caught up in our mess. And what it does when these real life things happen is it, it minimalizes a lot of things. It, it makes absolutely. you look at stuff like, this is not that big of an issue. Case in point to what we were just talking about. You walking across the room to talk to someone, it's not the end of the world. Absolutely. But I have to tell you, I was getting worried about Issa and Molly's relationship at, at, at a certain point in the episode. Well, I don't know what you were seeing when you saw that. Or what yeah, you thought no, about the tragedy? I, 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 thought, I, I thought two tragedies. I saw a lot of happy endings. I saw two tragedies. The first one I was referencing was Tiffany still being miserable in Denver without a support system. Um, we got to talk. Tiffany is asking for help. She's crying for help. Like, she's, she's not. Pleading for help, yo. Pleading for help. She's not okay there. And not unhappy. She's not stable there. Her man is still oblivious. Bringing out uh charcuterie, charcuterie boards <laughs> when she needs, she needs like you know a really investment in, into her mental wellness. Um, and so that was really sad to see that not resolved. You know what I'm saying? Even with her daughter loving her and her friends, you know, showing up once a year to see her, but that's not the same as a continuous support system. Um, and there's there was no. We, we didn't get any closure on that. You know what I'm saying? Of course, the next one was Molly losing her mother, uh, which was very tragic. But I I think I'm okay with the writing and how they kind of, we understand what Black grief looks like. So let's talk about how it begins to kind of, you know, what support looks like on the back end of that. Um, and yeah, you know, adult friendships take work, just like everything else. Um, it takes a different energy, different energy than when you're in high school, different energy than when you're in college, different energy than when you're in your 20s and early 30s versus your late 30s. It takes effort. And um, I think you have to be really intentional and saying, hey, this person matters, this friendship matters. And I know we may not you know, be able to connect as often as we would like, but when we do connect, I really want that connections to be meaningful, to be present, um, to really, you know, celebrate you and support you and let me know what support looks like. Because what support, like, for me, I hate the guessing game. Like, you, you know, there's a lot of messages that be like, you should just know what I need and, you know, you should just know how to support me. And, like, I do not know. Tell me, because what I needed two months ago may look very different from what I need now, what support looks like. And so for me, it's like, let's have that conversation. What does support look like you for you in this season? And how can I show up for you, you know? Yeah, my 19-year-old niece, I, I've i been strongly encouraging her about her using her voice. And I remember when she talked about with her boyfriend, she was like, well, I'm glad you said that to me because I just be telling him to figure out. I'm like, that is unfair to him and yeah. it is unfair to you. Mm -hmm. You understand? Like, it's unfair to both of you. You understand? Yep. I and that you might be surrounded by a lot of individuals telling you the opposite of what I'm saying. But trust me when I tell you, the more vocal you are about your needs, the better off your life can be. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not saying you're going to get everything you want in this world, but you have to be vocal. If you want to leave it without a doubt, you have to be vocal. And you're right. There was two tragedies because we witnessed the tragedy of Tiffany telling you how she feel. And then at the same time, Molly gets the phone call. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'm okay with not getting that closure because you remember I, I told you Issa stated very early on that it was going to be about them and their lives and their journey. It wasn't going yeah. to be a closed door on things. Right. And so the choices we make that Tiffany and her husband make, you have to live with. And that is, there are people right now who are living in misery and they are married and they are, they got everything. And we see it like, her husband's- It looks it's very okay. Her husband still hasn't learned. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he still is an oblivious individual. You know what I mean? Tiffany is still going to go along with it. And that is what life is. And some of these people are our friends. And that is a tragedy within itself. It's a living tragedy. But, you know, one of the things that resonates to me, and it, uh, Issa talked about it, I think referenced it again in her dream episode, right? The one that, you know, some people didn't like, some people loved. You know, I think it was still important because it really talked about, like, where your values sit, right? So they have this beautiful home in Colorado, but she's not happy. You know what I'm saying? Issa struggled in this apartment and then built, you know, this company, and she's happy. You know what I'm saying? Molly, Molly was always rich. <laughs> but, you know, uh, creating this lifestyle where she's actually authentically happy. And I think that's more than just saying I'm checking off the box. Because she probably could have made it work with Andrew. She probably could have made it work, you know, with some other guy. But she really, um, it was really good with Tori. Tori was really good for her. And I think they brought out the best in each other and, you know, are able to grow. And just to see that joy, especially on her wedding day, uh, where it felt very genuine, uh, was something that really, a really beautiful moment um, on the screen. And maybe yeah. that was, I know people wanted that, probably to see that for Issa, but I think having Molly celebrated that growth from season, if you go watch, Listen, episode, right? I hate to be the one to say I told you so, but from the first episode of mm -hmm. The Do's and the Don'ts, I said I'd be fine with Molly, with the show ending with Molly getting married. You did. And you we got so. um, And it's not because I felt like she needed a man to complete her, but there was something about Molly's story I felt in the growth that we needed to see a completion or a... And, and, and to see how she get there. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, you know me. I don't really dig none of that traditional stuff. It's all a turn off to me. But even I watched that wedding and got emotional, you know, because I now I'm I'm looking at it, and that's the first daughter daddy, daddy daughter dance I saw that looked significant to me because of what we just saw right. a few minutes before, you know. And, and so it it didn't it felt very genuine to them, um, and even Torian, <laughs> none of that seemed rushed Dude, because they were just so believable uh even the supporting cast you know um you know i really felt that was her father i really felt you know uh that the loss of her mother you know um even though they weren't you know primary characters on the story I'm sorry, but you felt it which is the great yeah. thing about the writing because you know i i felt that and shout out to the black adults in the room because their roles might have been um, not that much screen time wise, but it was major mm -hmm. on how much we still need our elders. 
You know, yeah. even with Lawrence getting a phone call from his parents, Absolutely. those little small things, those little Absolutely. small gems. Um, seeing Issa and her mother in the past seasons, like we need our elders, no matter how old we get, we need them, and we Absolutely. need. And it, and Molly losing her mother just kind of showed you that, like how much she was like, yo, I gotta spend birthdays now without her. Yo, I felt that for Molly. You know what I mean? Like, I really, really felt that because we've seen Molly just go through it. Whether you love or you hate Molly, yeah. Molly transform transition and her different stages of life, you felt from a, like, you felt that, you know? So I, I really um, thought that that was something really good. And seeing Issa feel like she was sending Molly off into um, her husband which is something that I think people don't put a light on enough when it comes to friends, because you really do feel like, man, I don't know what this, I'm happy for you, but does, does, does this mean the end of us? Right. Like, does that, is that what that mean? Like, Absolutely. are you going to leave me? And I love how Issa played the uncertainty of facial expressions because I was feeling uncertain about their relationship right. in that, in that moment right there. Absolutely. And I've definitely experienced that in that, you know, but again, a, a friendship is a relationship, right? And I know a lot of times we just want to emphasize romantic relationships uh, and make that the top tier. But uh, friendships, especially this sisterhood, this black sisterhood that we've been able to witness is so beautiful because it has not always been a linear um, ride. And I think that's so true. But I think at the point where Molly is getting married, you know, they have been through enough for while there's uncertainty what it would look like, I think Issa is certain that they will make it through. And then she has the tools to, um, you know, support. I, I've been fortunate for my best friends um, who are married, who, you know, are really still very intentional about making space for me, making room for me. Um, and that has been really assuring for me. It's like, you know, trying to navigate what my new role looks like as, best friend when you have a spouse now that you know um takes priority yeah i mean i think a true spouse is someone that recognizes that and includes yeah. there are a lot of spouses out there that don't yeah a spouse is yeah. out there that, that do not you know yeah so i think that although torian is a nice guy and although we've seen our best friends get married there's a part where we're like mm, i don't know <laughs> what this is about to be you know and um, Honey Dove said, different energy when friendship relationships cross the state lines. And I just want to talk about with Tiffany for a split second. I know what that's like when you live in this. Because the thing is, when you're in a town like L.A. or like you and I in D.C., it's really easy for people to say they're going to come visit you because those are popping cities like when you live in New York. But yeah. at once upon a time, I lived in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And boy, let me tell you, you know who your friends were then. You know what I mean? And I'm three no, hours away so from my friend who is I adore. Uh -huh. uh, but her and her husband were stationed and um, had to move for work to somewhere outside of Cleveland or Cincinnati, Ohio. It wasn't even those cities, like the outskirts. And I never saw them. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's, it's so Yo, I was three, I was three and a half hours away from my hometown, Detroit, and I didn't, I didn't get a single visit. I mean, it's, it's, it's real. Like when you go to those towns. So when Tiffany was, feeling how she was feeling in her bag i was like yeah. yo i you know i i definitely get it and can we talk about also the growth of kelly yeah um, can we can we go on that because <laughs> kelly who always life 
scene together, she went from having a punchline or two to really being like a significant character. And yeah. she is the um, example of making the best out of your time that is given to you. Yeah, because she, like her moments can be 30 seconds and they're so like, you know, right there. But the quote that she delivered today, the bar was, I want to have this nigga's kids. <laughs> this, oh, that's the quote. That's, that's it. the quote. This specific um, one. Yeah. And I, for me, and you can tell me, Charlotte, if I'm overreaching in this, I felt like Kelly's part about when she said, I thought you didn't want kids. And she said, mm. I do. I felt like that little small nudge was something of Black women and their voices and speaking how they feel about their bodies and the ability or the freedom to change their mind. I don't want kids. I, and it doesn't mean like, oh, well, now you want, like, it doesn't have to be this. It's like, hey, listen, it's a life is a fluid thing. At first, I did not, but now I do. And I felt like, although it was small, it was it was a point to it. It, it means something. Now, you tell me, am I wrong for that? Am I, or and thinking no, of that or whatever? I think that's a great point. And, and uh, just absolutely, whenever Kelly is on screen, she stills. I'm um, locked in. I know she got something to say. I know I'm going to laugh. I know I'm going to smile. I'm not going to feel something. Like, I mean, I think she's really the audience voice, right? She, she's she's fixed. Mm. I think, uh, Kelly and Issa's brother, Amal, they both speak for the audience, right? So they say, they think what we think. Um, and so, yeah, I really feel like autonomy over our bodies and our choices, I think it's really, really a valid message. Um, and I think for Kelly, you know, she really didn't want kids. That was a full stop. Like, I don't want kids, but hey, now I'm with someone and this person I want to expand um, you know, with, and I think that's also very valid. So, yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think it made Issa kind of consider, you know, we see her in the bathroom um, after that evening looking at her stomach, um, you know, kind of, you know, checking out her body in the mirror and made her think about what does motherhood looks for her, look for her, look like for her. And again, that's, everybody's different in what we see at this point of the story is it looks like, you know, being um, Elijah's bonus mom, you know, um, uh, I think that's Lawrence's son's name. Uh, And um, that's a valid motherhood, right? Um, And and so to have that affirmed and saying that these are different, you know, choices we see uh, Tiffany pregnant again, we don't know what that looks like, you know, when Molly's um, getting married. Um, but we don't see, you know, Kelly. So we see motherhood in different phases, and I think that's really beautiful to see. As I well. ain't gonna lie, that went over my head. I didn't see Tiffany was pregnant again, so thank you for yeah. telling me that. I'm, I'm gonna go back and watch that. That went over my head like that. That totally went over. I was just looking at her black hair. Like so okay. that totally went that over my before, head. That was before. It was before or after that scene. I don't remember the lineage. I did okay. see the black hair. I didn't. I wasn't a fan of that. But <laughs> uh, when Molly's married and she's she's. Uh, definitely pregnant on the steps. Well, I, I I tell you this, nothing makes you realize if you are in love or with the person you with or not in love than when you are standing in front of someone who is in love. And I, when Lisa is looking Woo! at Kelly and Kelly's partner, it's definitely a reflection on what is lacking in yours. And even though at that moment, I was still unsure if she was going to go to Lawrence, I knew she wasn't going to be with that guy. 
you know? Right. Um, because keep in mind. Do we know his name? I don't know. It don't matter. No, yeah. And, and keep in mind, the show would have been well within this right to have Issa go up into the sunset with somebody else. Because yeah. as I was yeah. watching the wind down. As well. Yeah, as I was watching the wind down, they talked about how Crenshaw was an option also, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So she, she could have ended up with anybody or ended up with nobody. And it could have been fine. I just knew it wasn't going to be that guy. Because I know that feeling, you know, when you get hit, because, you know, you're walking on this fantasy wave and the person you with, they look good, they smell good, and everything's cool. But when you are in front of real love, it punches you in the face. And if what you got next to you ain't what you want, or it's not even on the path of what you want, yeah. you are about to get hit. You know what I'm saying? It's a long night. I think one of the things this series has done, and I think we got to get you know, the crash course in the this last season is, are you checking the boxes of life? Like, are you going down the checklist and saying, I got a good job, I got a good man, I got a house, or are you living, you know, life and creating and taking chances and, and making mistakes along the way? And I know for me and for you, you know, uh, just as being friends, like, we take a lot of hits along <laughs> Long, along this journey, but the hits push us closer to where we're desiring to go, right? It's not um, even the, what feels like setbacks sometimes literally pushes us uh, forward. And I think um, it affirmed to me in a lot of ways, like, I don't want to be, you know, and I, that's never been our, you know, my path, but I just never been interested in checking boxes just to say I did it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. I mean, my therapist has been working with me about that, about um, intentionality. Um, yeah. I hope I, I pronounced that correctly. Um, so she's been working with me about that more and removing the outcome and not being so checklist, you know, because we echo a, a lot of these things. And that's what I like about Insecure. It definitely challenges these um, tropes and things that we like to repeat all the time, the hustle hard mentality, the checklist. Yeah. But it deals with you being a human and that yeah. what your human experience is and what it's supposed to be about. When you see Issa take that drive down all these, you know, her journey, and she's driving past um, her old apartment, the Dunes, and yeah. we see um, the blood dude out there with his daughter, right? Yeah. Drive past her old, who doesn't drive past their old job every once in a while? And right. you see her old coworkers out there. And even though you don't know what's going on, but you can see there's a sign of growth even with them. Yeah. Like life goes on and you blossom when you are where you're supposed to be. I mean, if you look at even Issa's hair, her hair was in growth, right? It was in like blossom. It was like there. Um, and if you remember, they talked about this on the wind down when Issa had this visual of her and Lawrence having a kid and being married and being together when she um, thought that they were going to be together at the end of season um, two yeah. and, and come to find out they wasn't right. But now she's coming home to a young boy and a father, right? And it might not be what you I thought or maybe it exactly was the vision of which you had seen, but that's what it was. And listen, there's going to be a lot of people who are, you know, you know, the thing pieces are coming. They are going to chop that situation down. But I think the, not to jump ahead, but I think the importance of it that Issa has learned is about your happiness and how you have to be selfish in your happiness. 
Yeah, and I think one of the things that really stood out is uh, her saying she's willing to try without the end result. Kind of which probably was your therapist. I said, I know my therapist has said to me, like, what if we're just taking away, um, and I, this is why I mentioned earlier, uh, Cosmo talks about managing your expectations, you know what I'm saying? Like, what if you remove your expectations and just see what's possible? And I think that's what Issa does. I think one of the things for myself over the last couple of months and definitely going into this new year is like, what would my most unhurt version of myself do? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I her, um, if I was braver, what does that look like? And and to make sure that, you know, setbacks or failures and mistakes, et cetera, don't dampen um, my will to, to keep trying and get back up. So I think her is not saying, you know, I think her going into the situation with Lawrence and saying, hey, I'm not sure if I can handle this. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm okay with this. I'm not sure how I'm going to feel about this. And it might take some processing, but I want to see with you, you know? How'd you feel about the way Issa explained how she wanted to get back with Lawrence? But also, it felt to me like it was also a, a narrative about her career life, her personal life, and everything. How'd you how that land with you when you heard that and she's talking to Lawrence and that? What 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 scene are you talking about? What scene are when you when she when Lawrence meets her at the new office? And she's talking about like how she didn't want to speak up once upon a time. And now it's about to what you just said, um, you know, wanting to try and not being afraid. How did that land on you when you first hear that? And she's talking to Lawrence because you she's kind of talking about Lawrence, but she's talking a whole lot about herself. Yeah, I really felt I mean, so much of this episode resonated um, deeply. And I really felt like. It really felt like the words that she wanted probably to say. A, a mature Issa after season one. You know what I'm saying? Very mature. Right? Um, and I don't think... The, the things that landed for me was like, I don't think Issa gets here without Daniel, without the headaches, without Nathan, without going through the ups and downs and valleys to really appreciate not only what Lawrence brings to her space, but also what she brings to this relationship and how, for me, what I see with Issa and the corny jokes, um, him laughing and making space for those, it's like she gets to be her full unedited version with Lawrence, and that's what she wants. And I feel like with her career, she gets to be her full unedited version of herself and how she um, is embraced in her community and I feel like that is it. You know, that is that's what we're what we're working towards. And I think um seeing them connect on that level um was was beautiful. You know, I think it was really honest and safe space. I'm still not team Lawrence. But I was just I, that's what I was about to ask you. <laughs> I love how she gets to not filter herself with Lawrence. Mm -hmm. And I think that's priceless. Mm -hmm. It is. I, 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 are we happy with her decision, though? Yeah, fine. <laughs> I, and I, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to be like I won, but I'm, I'm being honest, because I got to tell you, here's what, I, here's what I would say, right? And I'll be honest, and I'm Ben Team Lawrence or whatever the case may be. But I, I love the fact it didn't happen like that. 
Absolutely. I mean, man, it was scary. <laughs> it did not happen like that. Just because, and that's the thing everyone has to understand. Just because you make these decisions, there is no assurance that things are going to work out the work way out. you thought they were going to work out or work out at all. You're so right. And, you know, she could have really gave up after he said that he had plans on his birthday. Like, it, that could have been the end of it. And been like, okay, at least you tried. Um, but, yeah, I think you're right. I think um, I'm glad it did work out the way it does. And I think it's not even so much about Lawrence, but how Issa feels with Lawrence that really matters the most to me, I think. So, yeah, I, I like um, I like the choice. I like her being with Lawrence because I feel her being with Lawrence is is more about Issa more so than it's about what well, Lawrence is ready now. It's more about Issa's growth and everybody appreciating her growth and her full self and who she is and someone who just unexplainably gets her. Yeah, like she can't. That, when, you know when right. you when you can't describe how somebody gets you, but they just they just get you. And I like the they idea. Love you. They, love they love you. you. And I like the, I like the idea, Charlotte, of people healing from things. I, I do. I like the I mean like a genuine heal. Not just you taking this in the bag. Like I'm talking about like a genuine healing. You do need time, right? Like she cheated on Lawrence. Lawrence did need time. Everybody wanted Lawrence to operate in this certain way. What I have any empathy or sympathy of what he was going through, and they wanted him to act with perfection with everything, you know? And I felt like Issa was someone who understood him going through with that, mm. knowing him and understanding like how she hurt him in that. But I gotta tell you, the reason why I'm also team Molly, because I feel like Molly gave her the freedom to go ahead and make that choice and do that. Because when Molly looks at that glance and know what Issa's looking at in that picture, that was Molly also setting her free. Like, girl, you don't have to worry about looking stupid around us. Right. It's okay. Go for what you want. I used to overthink things. And yeah. we have certain people in our life that give us that push. And they don't even know that they do that. You yeah. know, I know yeah. I got certain people in my life that when they tell me they're on board, like I'll make a decision and I'm so ready to be so combative about my decision. But then when there's certain important people who like, yeah, that's about right. You should do that. I'm like, well, God, well, you know what? <laughs> I won't triple the salary now. You know what I'm saying? Right. Shout out Conrad Woody. You know what I'm saying? Like, I won't triple the salary. Um, and I feel like that's why I like them um, being together in that. Because I felt like he understood Issa. And I definitely felt like she understood Lawrence. She don't ask for perfection like, with him. Do you feel like there has to be this kind of... And I don't know if I'm, we talked about this on here, but I think we talked about it offline, uh, where, you know, black love has to, like, separate and find its way. You know, it's kind of this, you know, uh, rom-com tragedy that we always see, this trope. And I, I, But I do kind of feel like it does mirror life, and I'm not sure if life is mirroring art or art is, you know, mirroring life in that. So do I feel like we have to um, see that? Um, in this case with Insecure, I think it's a little bit different because we've seen other facets of love. Yeah. Ooh, um, if she, keep in mind, I'm Team Lawrence, but if she would not have got with Lawrence, I would have been okay. Yeah. But I, I definitely recognize she shouldn't have been with Nathan. Uh, true. Fair. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I, was, I was more invested in the fact that her career was blossoming and she was coming to her own because yeah. as a self-employed individual, as you are, 
I'm sorry. I'm going to favor that more than I am going to be relationships. Um, shout out to everybody who got families and all of that. But it's hard out here, okay? It's very <laughs> hard out here. When your invoices be ticking, you know what I'm yep. saying? Like, it's, it's, yep. it's hard out here. So I yep. was, keep in mind, I like Lawrence, but I was rocking for that. When she yeah. got the office, the show could have ended right there for me. Absolutely. To be totally honest with you. Um, I don't necessarily, to your point, I think that we don't always got to see the torture. One of the Woo! good things was um, Woo, with, with yeah, one of the good things was like Molly, for example, right? Molly wasn't at every birthday. Yeah. Molly, but we know Molly was going through it. We don't have to see Molly curled up. We don't have to see her. We've seen that so many times before. Yeah. Seeing her get the call on the phone is enough for us. Um, yeah. I think it was important for Lawrence and Issa because it the conclusion of it had to make sense. Yeah. Because even Issa, when I watched the wind down, said she started off writing this season not wanting them to be together. Exactly. But as she started it. to write, it started to make sense for her. Yep. So I think in this particular point, these two had to separate. Yeah. There had right. to be they had to go through experiences separately in order to look at each other. Um, because Lawrence doesn't become Lawrence making that confession by the trash without going through those experiences that he went through. Absolutely. And you know, I, I really feel that and I feel like that really um resonates with my own personal life. Like there's people who, you know, I have loved deeply and I'm deeply grat in deep gratitude to them for the lessons I've learned that has prepared me for the next stage. You know what I'm saying? That I'm uh, that has has you know been a space of healing as well. You know, I think even that space of healing doesn't necessarily mean we need to be together, but it can be like you know it was such a necessary part of this journey, and vice versa for me for them as well uh, to to get to the next point. Yeah, it was. And I definitely feel like it's very brave of Insecure to walk away with Issa being now in a blended family. Ooh. That is not celebrated enough. Um, we, we've allowed other cultures and colonizers to look down on our blended family when that is what we are in America, that when America throws us something, we make it lemonade in general. And we've gotten to a point where we felt shame at certain things because it doesn't look like your Brady. Like, why was it okay for the Brady Bunch to be a blended family, but it's not okay for us to be a blended family? You understand? But we've allowed them and other cultures to look down upon us and for us to have shame, right? You right. got people who are married and don't even want to throw their bonus kids in there. When they have a picture, they only want to show them, the wife, and the kid that they got right there. What is wrong with showing everybody in there? Like, yeah, Nick Cannon is the extreme, but at least he is rich and making the attempt to love all his kids, right? So that is what it is. Like, if he was broke, okay, cool. But Nick Cannon is rich. Obviously, he has an agreement, and he's out there doing it, right? So I may not want it on that level, right? but we're not – we – Insecure did not have to do that. They had um, enough options for – and that's the thing that's – I think that people might over um, overlook. Issa had options. What we've seen in the past, what we've seen in the past, Charlotte, with shows that made us right. so frustrated is that the Black woman did not have options. You only presented a world that she only had to deal with this torture. She only had to deal with 
you know, this abuse and this cheating. You know, there was no other outlook. I mean, I love Color Purple, but she did not have no many options but Danny Glover, all right? But when we watch Insecure, all of them had options. So Absolutely. when they make their choices, it's like, well, these are the choices that they want to make. But it's not like they wasn't desired. It's not like people didn't want them. It's Absolutely. not like people didn't find them attractive. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, so for yeah. me, when I see that and that growth or whatever, that's why I say that's brave for them to say, this is how we're going to end it. We're going to walk away unapologetically. And it's not a conclusion. It's a journey that we're seeing. This is the journey that they're not going to be on. Um, and maybe it can be an insecure movie in a few years. I don't know, but it's all yeah. a journey. So that's my little whatever. I love it. I love it. I think that's a great place to kind of to close it out. I think they talked about so many topics. I think uh, but at the end of the day, Black sisterhood between Issa and Molly um, really is this core thread throughout the story. And it, it was beautiful to to witness and something I want to like go back and binge now, of course. Um, I think, you know, to have this uh, dichotomy of both closures and new beginnings, kind of what you're saying. I think it's it's real life. You have closures on both uh, Molly losing her mother, but also getting married. We have this new beginning um, for Issa and Lawrence, but, you know, the season's ending. Um, and so it's just really beautiful to have this. I think um, one of the things that it really dealt with for me was, you know, self-doubt and how does it keep you, how does that limit you, you know, from pursuing your best life and what does that look like? And so I think just going into this last few days of the 2021, who that hasn't been a year. Like if I could fight a year, I will fight 2021. I'll be like 2021 box up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we fighting. Um but I'm trying to go into deep gratitude because there's been so much growth when we talk about these setbacks and these uh, trials and tribulations. But I think one of the things that I am leaving behind in 2021 is self-doubt. Um, and just really knowing that everything that I have imagined and I have, you know, thought about and dreamed about is possible for me. Um, and it's something that I am actively looking to co-create with with the universe you know um and so that's kind of my i saw so much of that with isa you know getting the space and coming you know just really coming into her own um and what that would look like for things that i've talked about and dreamed about and wrote about and, you know talked to my board about um for for myself and you know the things i want to do you know even personally you know yeah, I mean, that's what Honey Dove said. I love that Issa ended without seeing her insecure self on the mirror. Yeah, yeah. because that was the true antagonist, was Issa. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's what it been like. That. Let me ask you before we end. Charlotte, when Insecure first premiered versus Charlotte now, how do you feel? Like, what is, if you can say any small sentence or paragraph about your transition and watching this show because what we left off with last uh, week was this is the first show our generation that you and I are like with right we didn't look at like different world and shows before living single say I want to expire like we were walking with Insecure so what is Charlene's Charlene when the show first started versus Charlene now that you can say 
like it's a growth for yourself and your insecurities and how you feel i'm getting emotional just thinking about it because i really hadn't thought about that you know um so what 2016 when they started is that yeah. what's what the actual year what 2015 i don't know um yeah i was working a job I, I hated. I knew I wanted to uh, buy a house, and so I needed to make more money. So I ended up getting another job that I ended up, you know, didn't hate as much. <laughs> I hated less. <laughs> it made yeah. more money. Um, bought the house. While I bought the house, I go through, you know, one of the most devastating breakups, you know, uh, <laughs> that you held me together through <laughs> I helped you I helped that you, was move, into, I helped, I helped you move into that house time. too huh? I helped you move into that house too I, I helped physically helped you move into the house yeah yeah with the with the with the <laughs> with him shout out to him bless him you know we send people love and peace on their journeys um, but you know there was one time I came to Jay's house and I just I don't think I said said anything for like an hour. I just sat there and it was just like I ain't there. Like, <laughs> oh snap! I do remember that, yo. And ain't that some cool. yo? Ain't that how things come full circle? Because then I do that like a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, yeah. bro, just no worries. Um, and then you know, over the next two years, really begin to kind of build up. Starting with today, we we launched the. Uh, barbershop talk series and then the podcast i mean you've been along for all of this um and then eventually me stepping out and saying i need to do starting today full time and then the pandemic kids and then you know yeah. of the last two years um really seeing what i'm made of yeah. you know what i'm saying um and why i was built for this, um, even in the falling apart of pieces in the process, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm really proud of myself for for surviving, of course, you know, but also finding my voice and also being really true to like my values. And I think really getting really clear about that and like closing out the outside voices. And like, I think this pandemic has gave, given me time to really hear what I have, you know, what, what, what is really important to me? Like it really has tested that. Like if I say this is important to me, how does that show up? You know? Yeah. Um, and then I think my ability to really, <laughs> I know a, a lot of times we think about these relationships and I've been in the longest relationships. I think you know, I, I was, you know, I've been in love <laughs> since then. Um, and you've been through that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's funny because a lot of times people see us and they be like, oh, you know, y'all together, y'all friends, or you have a, it's like, no, we're, we're, we're best friends and, you know, <laughs> um, so, yeah, and so to go through that and think the world was ending, uh, or like, I don't know, my chance of like true love was over after that last relationship at the beginning of the pandemic, and then to see this new opportunity that was like, I wasn't even dreaming that big for myself. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't yeah. even dreaming like there was still more love possible or that it can grow me in a different way or um, really begin to, to really 
provide a nurturing relation, uh, a, a nurturing space for me to continue to figure it out. And, I, and that's not even just romantically, that's professionally in friendship. And I think the people who have been in my life throughout this pandemic have really created this um, incubator, like for uh, the world, I think has been really uh, un unsettling and uncertain. And I think my community has really provided some barrier between me and this harshness of an unpredictability of the world. So I'm really proud of myself. And then, you know, being able to have the spaces to talk freely, to be freely, without worrying so much of what, what the outcome is going to be. So I, I, I see so much of myself in that, for sure. I see so much in you too, and it's been a privilege to watch that journey, you know, from the beginning to the end of, you know, not the I'm talking know. about Insecure. Okay, okay, sorry. Not talking about you. I'm talking about the show and <laughs> having our conversations and, you know, you being so passionate about certain episodes and your hands clapping and how you feel. And we, we, we have a moment about people we haven't met yet, you know, characters that don't really exist. Um, and how much it fit into our day to day of us mm -hmm. also trying to grow, because mm -hmm. as you know, I told you before, I make no secret. Issa was one of my heroes when I was in Fort Wayne, Indiana, working at a radio station down there and realizing that I wasn't happy because here I am thinking that all I had to do is become full time radio jock. And then people were making it happen and creating their own dreams on the net, you know, and I, Issa was one of the people I was watching with Awkward Black Girl. And so to see when the show premiered, and I remember when HBO didn't even have a name for it yet, they were just like, new Issa Rae series is coming, right? They wasn't even sure what the name was going to be. Right. And to watch that episode and to watch it episode after episode and how that episode ended and the discussions people were having, um, seeing my own growth and how I felt, my confidence um, grow when I wanted to change up and do things differently and go Ooh. back um, and I, as I speak this moment now, I guess I can understand more why I was Team Lawrence because to people in Detroit know, when I first came to D.C., I came out to leave Detroit to be a writer originally. Mm. And I deferred from that by going into broadcasting. And mm. so my reunion back with writing happened back in the 2015 and the 2016 when the show was starting. And it kind of reminds me of Issa's reunion back with Lawrence. Yeah. But I had to go away and have another experience and go into another craft for a second and then come back renewed, but also using what I learned in this other field to strengthen what I do also with my writing. Absolutely. Right? And to be more confident. And so when I see Insecure, I see pieces and elements of myself in that and how I value my friendship, looking around to the people next to me. Instead of trying to reach so far to somebody who's not going to answer their inbox and not going to answer their text message, look into my friend Charlotte, who never technically had a meeting with me to say, I want you to be a part of starting with today. She just said, yo, I just need you to do X, Y, Z. And I was like, I, I just need you to do this. I, and the next thing I know, this this thing that's going because that's what we um, are. We were surrounded by a village and we didn't wait till any of us win an Emmy to decide that each other was important. We knew that each other was important. I believed in the vision starting with today you believed in me whatever right and yeah. even if i wrote something that you disgustingly disagreed with you respected the fact that i put it out there for me that was important in seeing yeah. that growth because i didn't always have the courage 
to put it out there. Yeah. And um, if I can end it on anything, I would say like, you know, James Baldwin has a quote when he's like, to be an artist means not that you see something, a truth that no one sees, it's that you and everyone else see a truth, but you're the only one that's willing to do anything about it. And I like to thank you for always giving me the encouragement to be able to see truth and speak it. And this journey with Insecure, I think to what the wind down was also saying too, it's not about I'm going to be for myself personally secure in everything I have, but I'm aware of my insecurities and I have the tools or I'm, I know I can go get some tools and how I deal with them in my journey. Absolutely. I think it was very empowering um, on, on so many levels. Um, and I, I felt that, you know, I think the, the, the mission is to, you know, be be your full self and, and be brave in that, you know, um, insecurities and all, like take them with you. It's not even about getting over, take take them with you on the journey. Yeah, thank you for giving me grace because I was a wild boy when Charlotte first met me. <laughs> <laughs> I was a wild boy, y'all. I was, I, was, uh, I was a wild boy. I was a wild boy. So Charlotte gave uh, me a lot of grace, y'all. 13, 2012. 2013, um, yo. Charlotte gave me a lot of grace, y'all. Charlotte could have ended. Charlotte could have ended it right there and be like, "I don't want to see this guy again." Just off the setting alone. <laughs> but we had a couple of real moments, uh, and I think we kind of cut up the DC noise, and we really had some really moments, real moments. It was like, "Oh, okay, this is somebody I want in my corner." Um, and no idea where this journey will lead, but. Um, I'm so grateful and I felt like it wasn't an accident. You know what I'm saying? Nah. Had you not been as crazy and bodacious as you were that night, I may you may have never really caught my attention. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, and then later on we learned I was just being a real good friend for somebody that we both love. So there That's we go. <laughs> there, we, there we go. Um so you know, thank you for this um ten week journey. Um, the doings and the don'ts. Um, I feel like I grew from these past 10 weeks. Hello. Um, thank you Hello. very much for this opportunity. We sat on the couch talking about this. And you was like, I, you know, you was like, I got an idea. I'm thinking about doing a recap of episode one. And I was like, Charlotte, we got to go all out. And you was like, you took a deep breath. He's like, okay, we can do this. I'm going to do this. And so, you know, here we are. Last episode, Insecure Recap. Um, Insecure is gone. I don't know where you are, but this was not the plan. This was not the plan. But, I, you know, I would like to take borrow something from Insecure and say that this means that um, this is a journey for us. Mm -hmm. This is a journey for us because this is 2021 and we did that. So We did that. We, yeah, did, we that. did that. I love that so much of our journey is documented, too. So yeah. not only this series, I mean, we started off with one podcast, I think, at the end of 2018. Um, so there's, there's so much of our story, um, and our friendship that has been documented. Um, and I, I'm really grateful for that as well. Grateful also. And shout out to Issa and Pentas Penny and everybody and Molly, hey. everybody part of it. And shout out to them, open up a door for new black faces. Because now when we see these people, like the way I feel whenever I see someone from the TV show Oz and I get a little chill. Now I'm going to feel that way when I see somebody from Insecure. I'm like, yo, that person's on Insecure. And I, we need that in Black spaces. So shout out to Issa for giving us new Black faces to see from here on out. Shout, shout out to her for that. And she she's done that too with her other shows. I haven't watched them yet, but they're also, you know, 
um, unknown uh, indie uh, art actors and actresses. So I'm looking forward to checking them out too. So absolutely. Continue to tell black stories, support black stories, support black art um, and make space because it doesn't always have to be, you know, the best thing ever for it to be valid and exist. And I got that actually from a friend who has challenged me on does all black art need to be excellent and because white people do not have to always have excellent things. Um, no, they do not. Hello. You're right. Um, so yeah, shout out to the creators such as yourself and, and everybody that tells stories um, and make sure that we are as much as possible. Um, I think there's a cue from, from Insecure to make sure that we are capturing the stories of our elders as well, especially during the holidays. If you're, if you're home and around family, uh, to take pictures, take videos, capture their stories, capture their wisdom. Even when um, they don't want to. My mom hates taking photos, but I sneak one in. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Do that for our history and to make sure people know that we have existed, we have done these things um, before they take credit for stuff that we, we've been doing for forever. Um, wishing you all a great in beautiful end of 2021 as you enter 2022 i hope that you're intentional i hope that you're safe i hope that you're surrounded by love and joy and peace and uh, we will see y'all in january when we feel like it because <laughs> we deserve it may be fair. We would, um, we would definitely see you. Thank you, starting with today for this. Thank you for everybody. Shout out to the cause for giving us the title. Um, shout out for you know the do's and the don'ts. Um, make sure, listen, if you're binging and you missed this season, make sure you can always go back and see our recaps also as well. Absolutely, we every single episode. It would eventually, uh, I'll be on YouTube. But you know what? I am taking our own advice about mental wellness and rest, and so that might be up. You know. I don't know when I get time, but it will be up eventually, and then it'll be across on on pod, our podcast on Spotify and uh, iTunes. So, yeah, follow us at Starting with Today on all social media handles except for Twitter. We're Starting W Today. Follow Jay Hall at Jay Hall Society every every day. All day. Now he he he's taking rest too. He's on a sabbatical, so thank you for um, <laughs> having interruption for it to make this happen for sure. Um, I am going on a sabbatical, <laughs> <laughs> but you can find me, find me at True underscore Charlene across all social media platforms. Y'all be good. Y'all be good to yourself. Be good to everyone around you. Show some love and grace during this season, um, and we will see y'all on the other side of the new year. Yeah, happy new year to you. Be blessed with successful. Thanks. Hey.